This is the Lover and the Fighter podcast with Josh Cohen and Dean Thomas. Indeed, this is the Lover and the Fighter podcast. I would be Josh Cohen in the form of Brother Love. That would be Fighter in the form of the UFC's king of all media, MMA pioneer, UFC pioneer, first Las Vegas winner UFC history, which means that apparently you were terrible so they had to fight first. <laughs> I was the worst guy on the card. They're like, hey, make him fight first. <laughs> but, but at least you're not the first loser. Yeah, at least not, it could be right. worse. Dana White looking for a fight. Dean's Diaries, of course, pre-show, post-show, and in-fight commentary. And of course, this podcast, as well as the version we do premium that's on UFC Fight Pass. All right, Dino, uh, let's get right at it. I know you got some thoughts on Henry Cejudo, and uh, we're going to get deep into that over at UFC Fight Pass on the premium side. But... So who else seems to be coming up a little bit now that he's not fighting? He's yeah, more popular I mean, he's now. A, it seems like he's gotten more popular now. Like, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a fighter get more popular by not fighting. Right. And it's crazy. Well, I mean, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yes. We like the things. We think we miss the things that we haven't seen. Henry Kissinger told Richard Nixon when he was resigning the presidency, history will be kinder to you, sir. And it is. And you'll see presidents, when they leave office, their approval rating goes up. Presidents are way more popular 20 years after they left office than they were the day they left office. And that happens to rappers after they die. And it happens to rappers after. It happens to a lot of people yeah. after they die. And it certainly seems to be the case with Henry Cejudo. Um, so, so, so we're going to get deep into that over at UFC Fight Pass on the premium side of the lover and the fighter. But just for our intents and purposes, the reality is who's really left Volkanovski? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's really left? It's not really a lot of guys. It's a short left. list. It's a short list. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have to work their way up to, mm-hmm. to do it. I think there are some guys that can, mm-hmm. but it's going to it's gonna take a while. Yeah. Who else do you think, aside from the aforementioned and obvious, who else should be in the conversation for a shot at Volk? I mean, the only other name that I could potentially think about is Calvin Cater. Ah. Calvin Cater, Calvin Cater is... I mean, he. I know he lost a couple times, but... The I mean, image I have is, how did he stay on his feet at yeah, Fight Island right. when Max Holloway was piecing him up in a beating like I've never seen before? Right. And, he, and by the way, that was a fight card that aired in the afternoon on ABC in February, <laughs> where little kids are watching, where little kids are waiting for the movie Frozen. They, they were probably on. so terrified watching that, like, oh my God, what we, is this? You and I joke about <laughs> it on our ESPN daily radio show in South Florida. We've talked about it many times. And I'm like, when you fight that card on ABC, it's a whole different audience. When you fight it Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. at 3 p.m. and it's February, most of the country is watching television in the afternoon. And little kids are like, ooh, put on ABC. That's where they show Frozen and Olaf's Frozen, Frozen Adventures. And instead, you're watching Calvin Cater get beat to within an inch of his life by Max Holloway, who's talking to the judges and doing Muhammad Ali wind-ups and, and look-aways. Right? I mean, it was... And, and I'm like, stop the... F-. I'm yelling, stop the fight, stop the fight. And I know you were sitting next to Dana. I was, and Dana was like... Dana couldn't believe it. He was like, oh, my God. He got up and was like... He got up and left and was like, yo. He was saying yeah. what I was saying. Yeah. Stop the fight. Yeah. And I was cussing at the TV. Yeah. But then again, I had Holloway inside the distance. Right. And in the fourth <laughs> round, in the third round, when it should have. So you had yeah. a, you had ulterior motives to have it stopped. Well, I, like, I, the reality I, was it should have been stopped. The, the reality is it should have been stopped. But even if it shouldn't have been stopped, I'd have been like, stop the fight. Anyway. Because yeah. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about that recently um, with Korean Zombie. We talked about that in Volk. How everyone was like, stop the fight, stop the fight. And it was a good stoppage. But let's be honest, if that were Colby Covington, people would be like, let it go. Yeah, let it go. Let him go. Let him go. Let him keep going. Put That's handcuffs on him. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. He'll be fine. No, no, let it, you may come back. Let him play it out. All right. Um, we saw Bella Muhammad win a fight last weekend, and uh, we'll get deep into this over on the UFC Fight Pass on Lover and a Fighter over on that side, the premium content. But 
He's a guy that seems to not be a fan favorite. They don't like his style. Fans don't get it, do they? No, they don't get it. It's about I mean, I, you know, I don't know if it's ever going to be that way. And this was a gripe that I've had my entire career is that it's more scientific than people believe it to be. It's not just all guts and glory. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of strategy, a lot of, you know, brains and intelligence involved with being a fighter. And seems to be when you are more intelligent, the fans don't like you. Right. And I mean, and I get it. I understand because they watch because they want to see violence. So I understand. And explains the popularity of Nate Diaz. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but it's just, you know, but for whatever reason, you know, like fighters that are more cerebral don't get any love. Yeah. And that's, that's disheartening, actually. So so we, you actually had a conversation with and you have a theory on Bilal Muhammad and why he's now different as a fighter. Right. And he also told you something which was shocking to me. That's over on UFC Fight Pass. But while we're on Bilal Muhammad. Um, for a moment, what do you see as coach and corner, as America's and the world's premier MMA scout and strategist? What do you see in his game that the fans don't see, that they don't appreciate, that they don't realize? You know, one thing he does really good, I mean, it's not only just his decision making, but it's also his distance. Which is huge. Yeah. Like, when you should throw a punch, he throws a punch. Mm. Some people don't. Like, some people, when they should throw a kick, they throw a punch. And, And why do you think that is? They get lost in the moment? They get lost in the moment, or they just... You know, uh, Pierre uh, uh, Rodriguez said to me the other day, she said, I felt like I was in a dream. It was her first fight in the UFC. She said, you felt like she was in a dream. And this happens to fighters. They feel like they're in a dream, so they don't make the best decisions. But when you are in the moment and you are have your wits about you, you can make those better decisions. What do you decisions. mean I feel like I'm in a dream? Like, oh my God, my dreams come true? No, in a dream is like when you know when you're in a dream and you're fighting in a dream and you just, your body just doesn't react the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. Like everything is kind of slow motion. Right. I got you. And that's what happens to a lot but of fighters. That's doubt. That's doubt. That's your that's your mind saying, don't screw this up. It's your chance, don't screw this up, which is making you screw this up. There's no teacher-like experience. Right. Being there doing that. But it takes a lot. You know, you only get to fight 15 minutes at a time. And then 15 and it, minutes yeah, at, if 15 lucky, minutes at a time, and then it lucky. goes by so fast, and it's over before you even know it. And then when it's over, you think, I should have done this. I should have done that. Why did I do this instead, right? Exactly. How many fights but, does it take? How, how many professional fights does it take for you to settle in and see it like the Matrix, where you can see those bullets coming at you? Well, that's here's the thing, is that you can have all those fights, but once you get to the UFC, it's a different experience. The lights are different. It's brighter inside mm-hmm. the UFC. Literally and figuratively? Li- yeah, Literally, the lights are brighter in the UFC than probably any other arena in the world. And then, you know, you got, you know, if you got a Bruce Buffer calling your name out Mm -hmm. and then all these things that you're used to hearing on TV and it's happening to you and you're in that moment. You got to understand, a lot of these fighters are fans, too. So when they get in there, they're like a fan. They're fanning out a little bit. So it's kind of nerve wracking for them to be able to deal with it and then still put on a performance to win. And so when she said to you, I felt like I was in a dream. It was that along the lines of, oh, my God, this is real. This is really happening. No. More just, so. Or, or the whole idea of, like, I'm moving in slow motion. She's, she was moving in slow motion. And, in fact, like, when I was, when I was talking about that fight on the commentary, yeah. I said it looks like she's not really in the zone. Yeah. And it looks like her opponent, her, the opponent had more experience. She had fought in the UFC before, so she had more experience. So she was using that against her. You noticed it in real time. I noticed it in real time. But that's why you are who you are. Right. You're able to see those things. And I think a lot of us were able, you know, perhaps to see that, but not to the degree to understand why it's happening. We may see it and be like, oh, timing's off. But you have the ability to go, yeah, here's yeah, really what's at issue. She got lost in the moment. It yeah. happens to a lot of fighters. So it's not necessarily how many fights you have, because once you get in the UFC, now you have to start over. Right. It starts over. So it, right. takes, it takes a couple of fights. But you know what? When I saw it happening... I was like, ooh, I like it like that. She working that back. I don't know how to act. 
Slow motion for me. Slow motion for me. Slow motion for me. Slow motion for me. That's a shout out to, uh, is that ludicrous? No, that's um, uh, Juvenile. Juvenile. No, that's not Juvenile. It is Juvenile. Mystical? That's Juvenile. Juvenile. It's Juvenile. Uh, we're Juvenile. <laughs> Clearly, we're Juvenile. With our singing along during the Lover and the Fighter podcast. We will get uh, deeper into the Bala Muhammad and what he told Dean, as I mentioned, on UFC Fight Pass, the version of this show over there with the premium content. Uh, we're also going to talk about the five best coaches in MMA. You're going to run down your list, 54321. Yeah. Um, do you think, because if you remember 2017, in March of 2017, you were nominated for MMA Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. Because in 2016, you coached Amanda Nunez to her championship, and then Tyron Woodley to his championship in a matter of months, a couple months apart. Do you think you'll ever have a chance again yourself? to win that award and to be in that conversation. No, I never I will never be in that conversation again. Never. Because I'm never going to coach to that extent ever again. No. And coaching is more than just about having knowledge and information. Mm-hmm. It's being able to get the results. So my list is based on not only just knowledge and information, which is a big part of it, but also being able to relate to fighters and get the results out of the fighters that you're working with. So you're not so you're choosing to be more analyst, broadcast, create um, than you are to be in it with someone molding that clay from the start to get them to. You're not as interested in that process. No, I'm not interested in that at all. At all? Yeah. Wow. At all. What what changed? What flipped? Just, I mean, I I will still consult and help. Sure. But I don't know if I'll go on that journey. It's a a lot of investment. It's a big investment into someone else's life to Mm -hmm. do that, to go on that journey with them. Yeah. And a lot of that, as we've talked about many times, is being psychologist. Yes. And that's a whole different emotional. And that's a whole different emotional roller coaster that I'm not prepared for. To carry. Um, I, if we're talking five uh, favorite MMA coaches, you're in my list. Oh, five favorite? Favorite, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a yeah. lot. I, you know, my favorite coaches are, but, are different. But there's a lot of you that are terrible. Yeah. But, but you're still my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Like, people are always like, who's your favorite fighter? I'm like Dean Thomas. They're like, oh, he was pretty good back there. But, but like, I said, you didn't say who's the best. Yeah, you said who's my favorite. favorite. Yeah, it's, it's best and favorite are totally different it's, things. It's you and Junior and Shoe Face. Yes. Because you're the dudes that I love. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. I love you guys. Yeah, and we don't have to win fights. All we no. got to do is show up. No, you don't have to. Just show up and smile. That's right. You, you, listen, you're a fighter if you did it or do it. Right. That mean, I didn't say, they didn't say, like, who's your favorite great fighter. Yeah. That's a different conversation. <laughs> That's a different conversation. All right, speaking of uh, fighters and, and, and nonsense, uh, Michael Bisping getting called out by Jake Paul. We're going to get deep into this on the UFC Fight Pass version of this. But but let's talk for a second on Jake Paul, because I know he earns your respect. He earned my respect. I asked Tyron in Cleveland that night, last summer, um, did he earn your respect and what you saw? And Tyron said, yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, Jake Paul can box a little bit. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows now he can, he can fight. You yeah. know, he, he's got some, and like, he's not to be underestimated. Like, you can't underestimate because like, he's determined. Mm-hmm. He's got resources. <laughs> he's an athlete. He's young. So like, he can do what he's, setting out to do like he's he's got some he's got some ability yeah it's it's clear and apparent um whether or not michael bisping wants that fight is bisping a big enough global mma star to make that a bigger story because tyron unfortunately last summer it wasn't that big of a story it was jake paul's story but the opponent didn't bring that clubber lang kind of a thing um does michael bisping because he is a hall of famer because he was such a great champion because of him battling so many things, including loss of vision in one eye, he might be that piece. That's the global piece. And he does, and he does come with a continent behind him. 
the exactly. whole European That's nation what I'm saying. behind him. Right. So he might have the appeal that Jake Paul is looking for. More than Tommy Fury, who's More the brother Tommy, of. Yeah. Because Tommy Fury is the brother of. Right. He's, right? The, yeah. He's the handsome, good-looking young brother right. of. Right. Half-brother. Right. But, but but Michael Bisbing is a Hall of Famer. Is the guy. Former champ. Right. Still involved in the game. Right. Uh, you and I spoke on our daily ESPN West Palm radio show that we do 4 to 6 p.m. in South Florida. Uh, this week it was 420 and I mentioned, you know, because your experience is, you're not a smoker, I'm not a smoker. We've experimented in the past. One time you were under the influence, you were having a conversation with Ben Askren's dog. Yeah. You could read his thoughts. I could read his thoughts. And, and you were communicating with him. Like, and, then an- and then another time you were under the influence and you were in a car with Tyron Woodley and you could hear the question, you could hear what he was saying before he said it. I swear it. You were aware of his I'm, thoughts. Yeah, I was aware of his thoughts before they came out of his mouth. So what we realized was, you now need to smoke with Nate Robinson so you can round out the entire tree of people that uh, that Jake Paul has knocked out. That's true. So you can read their minds yeah, and thoughts. That is true. You have a, we have a weird, creepy connection. I know. To people that he's knocked out. <laughs> it's a it's a telepathic well, one. You know what? I, I, I accept it. I accept it. Yeah. Fair enough. Understood. Um, in that fight, I hope that does happen, by the way. Do you hope that happens? I kind of do hope I it do. happens. I, I like I like Michael Bisping's chance. Like he's had enough time off to let his body recover, and he is an ab- he was an absolute dog and a grinder of a fighter. And so just based on again your coach and corner scout eyes and strategy, no pun intended, with Bisping and I, um, what do you see in his striking? What do you see that matches up there? Where you're like, you know what? I can see him because Jake Paul's a big kid, mm-hmm. and, and Bisping appears to be bigger than he is in real life. Yeah, Bisping's not. They're about the same size. Right. Well, Jake might be a little bigger. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, everybody's big to me. I mean, I think think, everybody's bigger. I think they'll be about the same size. But Michael Bisping has the movement, and he has the more. He's more of a fighter than those other guys. Mm -hmm. You know, Tyron Woodley was an athlete and a competitor. Ben Askren was not an athlete, but a great competitor, and certainly not a fighter. Right. But Michael Bisping is a fighter. He's Mm -hmm. a fighter's fighter. Yeah. So this may be more than Jake Paul. Order. Yeah, if, I mean, if Jake, if might be, yeah, Michael Bisbee get out there and start work going to work, man, it could, <laughs> yeah, it hey, could be, it could be for real. Congratulations on won a whole episode without mentioning Conor McGregor. Ooh, which uh, sorry, almost, Conor, almost, I know you wanted that pop. I know you wanted that pop. It doesn't matter. We didn't bring him up in any stories. True. Um, you can get the premium content that continues beyond this podcast at UFCFightPass.com. That's where you will find Love and the Fighter podcast with Brother Love JC. That's me and Dean over there. Regardless. We appreciate you listening. As always, make sure you subscribe, rate, comment, whatever. Tell your people, tell they people we should be friends. Yeah. For Dean Thomas, Brother Love saying thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time for the next episode of the Lover and the Fighter podcast.